the day that they raise interest rates, um, we might see the market go up. If we do, don't be surprised if it drops the next day. If we see it drop on the day they announce the news, don't be surprised if it rises the next day. Because this is, this is the battle between the bulls and the bears. And it's very real right now. The bulls are saying, hey, publicly traded ownership in the United States economy is dirt cheap. And any reference to making it go down further is just, I want to buy it because it's on sale. And the bears are waiting for us to turn into China or Europe. So anything that they hear is going to cause them to sell. Whomever is in the majority in the market at that given instant is going to cause the up or the down. Once more under the breach, dear friends. Else fill the wall up with our English dead. Good morning again, and welcome back to another exciting second hour of the Personal Wealth Coach. Uh, we are going to continue the conversation about the doldrums of the economic world at the moment and what we see happening. I have a different subject, if you don't mind. Yeah, go for it. Um, there's a lot of rumbling out there. It keeps popping up on different news feeds about cryptocurrencies and are they a uh, are they a security? And the SEC says they are, and then the SEC says they aren't. And there's all this confusion, and people are saying, why can't they make up their mind? Well, I'm going to hopefully shine a bit of a light on there. What is a security? Um, there's a test for this. There was a Supreme Court case uh, that uh, said what this is. It was back in the 1950s. I think it was 1954. Uh, and it's called the Howey test. Uh, and it says... What is a security? So first off, it's got to be an investment of money. Okay, well, buying a house, buying a car, buying a hamburger falls under that. Okay, that's not a security yet. You got to meet all four points. Number two, in a common enterprise. All right, so if I take a pool of money and go out and buy hamburgers for the office and everybody gets to eat, that's a common enterprise. All right, with the expectation of a profit. Oh, okay, the, the, the hamburger pool just falls out unless I'm getting paid $3 to do it. Uh, you pay me $3 and I'll pick up all the... Okay, so this could be a security, hamburger security. To be derived, the profit to be derived from the efforts of others. Nope, doesn't fall here. Okay. So when we get to the crypto market, uh, when we get across the crypto market, the concept here, why does someone buy a cryptocurrency, uh, a Bitcoin? Okay, they have a, at least a large component of that reasoning is they want to profit off of it. The original concept was this is just going to be used as money. People don't buy money for profit usually, but they might. Okay. So they're buying this thing for profit. It's an investment of money. It's in a group. It's a common enterprise. Is the profit derived from the effort, the the uh, efforts of others? That's a big question. Um, and in the case of Bitcoin, it's a it's a community. They don't make a decision at some global headquarters to say, is uh, where is the direction we're going? If there's a a legal battle about Bitcoin, 
the there's no central authority at Bitcoin that says I'm going to hire an attorney to defend this. If you think about a stable currency or some that's trying to match the dollar, well, somebody's got to put that algorithm in place and be in charge of making sure it's there. So any profit that you gain from that would be at the effort of that management, whoever it is. And if you see these lawsuits against the SEC, if they're organized by a a large entity with a lot of profit at stake through the management of whatever the cryptocurrency is, whatever that crypto is, then that probably falls under a, the recent and, and recent of 1954 definition of what a security is. So the uh, SEC has never said that Bitcoin is a security. They say that's a commodity. There's nobody in charge of it. It's a community that's in charge of it. Nobody's expecting to make their profit due to the expertise or the management of some third party. When you get into these cryptos that are tied to different things, there's cryptos that are tied to the stock market. That requires management. It requires somebody to be making decisions, and that would be the rationale by which you would expect to make a profit by investing there. Those are securities. So I, I know that was pretty technical, but it's really not. It's gone to the level now, if, you, if you're doing this as a group, you expect to make a profit as a group or you want to make a profit as a group. That's your intent in purchasing the thing. And you've purchased it with money. And you expect your profit to be from the management or the credentials or the expertise or the algorithm that is managed by somebody else. That's a security. If it's not managed, it's not a security. So that is, it's just a commodity. Uh, that, that is the baseline here. And I wanted to say that because I get that a lot. Why is it that this SEC is so confused? Is it a security? Isn't it a security? And they're, they're not confused, but the courts are. Uh, the SEC, the chairman, Ginsler, who is a very hawkish guy, he's very pro-regulation, uh, particularly when it comes to cryptocurrencies. He's saying there's a, probably 80% of the crypto market is a security or are securities and need to be regulated. And this is the time that they would normally get regulated in if a new investment scheme comes up. Um, it's usually not regulated until the first collapse. And we've, they've had a big enough collapse in the mainstream ownership of it that this is the time when we would expect to see regulation occur. Uh, so that that's my wrap up for is... Are cryptocurrencies securities or not? It depends on if, if they've got a, an institute that's managing them for the intent of making a profit, and that's why you bought them. Uh, if it's not managed, if it's just a community, and it really comes back to if there are attorneys filing a lawsuit, who are they filing on behalf of? If it's a class action of all the owners of the currency, then it's probably not a security. If it's for some corporation, that's being paid to manage that cryptocurrency is probably a security. There you go. Yeah. To another subject, let's talk about housing a little bit more. Sounds good. The, the mortgage rates, average mortgage rates across the country for 30 year conforming mortgages is up to 5.89%. That is significant considering that's, they were below 3% a year ago. And we're right at six. So yeah, coming right up there. One, one thing to be, very aware of on the personal finance side here, there's something we call diffusion in pricing. Um, 
three years ago, two years ago, there was very little diffusion in mortgage pricing. If you went to one bank, you probably got a very similar interest rate as any bank you went to. There's a lot of diffusion right now, which means negotiation with your bank and price shopping is really important. Okay, so back to you, 5.98. Well, in, in about 85% of the housing markets that are measured across the country um, are now seeing the sale price of a house occurring below the published asking price, which means the they came out and said, here's how much we want for the house. And, early, and what we were seeing six months ago is that the actual sale price would be above the published asking price. So we're bidding, people were bidding for houses and running the price up before they sold it. The American mortgage, not the American, the American, uh, the, the realtors. Really, what, yeah, what the, organization? The American Real Estate Association, something like that. Yes. Right. Anyway, have come out and said, nope, it's going the other way in 85% of the markets. This is one of those things to be aware of. Um, people were bidding houses up. Now they're bidding houses down when they're put on the market. Real estate has booms and busts. That is the nature of real estate. It has always had booms and busts. And it looks to me like we have had one of the, we're going through one of the fastest boom and bust cycles I certainly have ever seen. Because in early 2020, we were still in the bust cycle. And as 2020 progressed and we got halfway through the year, we went into the boom cycle. Two years later, I think it's probably peaked. And of course, it all depends on the local market things are probably starting to slide back downhill again. And that is really a fascinating, very fast thing. People um, made a lot of assumptions, and I've heard people make a lot of assumptions, and a lot of them are changing their mind right now, that they would buy a house uh, or build a house or do something right now because the price of houses was going up and they wanted to turn a profit on their house when they sold it. We're working back in the other direction. There is a very, very, very strong relationship between interest rates and house values. That's just the reality. People get more, most people who buy houses get mortgages. And the higher the interest rate, the more expensive the mortgage gets. The more expensive the mortgage gets, the less people are willing to pay for a house. So just it's one of those things to roll around in your head. If you're one of the people who was fortunate enough to refinance or finance at 2% or something like that on your mortgage. Just pat yourself on the back. You've done a really, really good job. You did the right thing at the right time, but that's headed the other way now. And it's I suspect you're going to see some pain over the next couple of years in the housing sector, and it's probably going to radiate out from there. Another point with housing, Vice Chairman Lael Brainerd of the Federal Reserve said that they have in there right now, the Federal Reserve is intensely focused on housing when they're looking at the economy. The cyclical nature of the United States economy is clearly reflected in housing, in the price of houses and the number of houses being built and the number of mortgages being issued. It is a big piece of the United States economy. If the housing market does start to slide downhill, it is a pretty clear indication that the Federal Reserve will be less aggressive into the future about raising interest rates. By the way, another thing, a sub note to what I just said. Current interest rates in the United States are still what we call stimulative. In other words, a high credit quality person or uh, corporation can borrow money at an abnormally low real rate, particularly when you consider inflation at this point. Uh, it's not true for 30 years. 
But in the shorter term, it's still true. And until we get back to neutral or a little above neutral, um, the Federal Reserve is considered considering that loans are actually stimulating the economy, which yeah. is why I think they're going to go with a three-quarter inch, three-quarter inch, three-quarter <laughs> percent uh, rise in September, just to show that they're really, really, really serious about slowing things down in the economy. Every, um, every board member that has had a speech in the past week has said that they will, every one of them, that they're going up three-quarters of a point. So if you doubt that they will, every time they've said they would, they've done it for the past 10 years. People still get shocked when it occurs. Don't be shocked this time. Uh, and we may see a volatility in the market as the market gets shocked by the fact that they actually did what they said they were going to do. Don't be surprised when that occurs either. The volatility may not be in the direction you think it is. All these speeches have caused the prices in the market to go up. And that's in our newsletter as well. This is weird. The, the Federal Reserve saying they're going to raise interest rate not that long ago would have been a thing that caused the market to drop. It's kind of a big reason why we've had drops in the market over the past several months. And now they're saying we're going to raise interest rates and the market went up, directly related to those speeches. So why is that? Because the market is a group of people, and when you look around at what's going on in the rest of the world and the horror in the economic world that's happening in China and in Europe and in Russia, so basically spanning Africa, Europe, all the continents except for the Americas, and South America is not looking great. It looks a lot worse over there. And the Federal Reserve saying, yep, we're still growing here. We need to tighten back a little bit more to, to ease off the growth. That's really a good sign and why people looked around and said, hey, earnings are really up. Uh, our employment's really up. Um, all of, uh, I mean, if we look at the, the net worth of your common citizen over the last four years, it's tremendously improved. It's really hard to look at them raising rates right now compared to the rest of the world and see it as bad news. Now, there's an old adage uh, about the stock market that has been around a long time and even works sometimes, uh, buy on rumors, sell on news. So we may be experiencing that. The day that they raise interest rates, um, we might see the market go up. If we do, don't be surprised if it drops the next day. If we see it drop on the day they announce the news, don't be surprised if it rises the next day. Because this is, this is the battle between the bulls and the bears. And it's very real right now. The bulls are saying, hey, publicly traded ownership in the United States economy is dirt cheap. And any reference to making it go down further is just, I want to buy it because it's on sale. And the bears are waiting for us to turn into China or Europe. So anything that they hear is going to cause them to sell. Whomever is in the majority in the market at that given instant is going to cause the up or the down, but there will be a response from the other side. And you can see that at each of the interest rate increases over the past several months. The days that they drop, it generally jumps back up the next day. The days where it rises, it generally drops the next day when they announce these things. It's, it's not unusual for this. For some reason, people are still surprised by it. It's just who, 
we've got spirit, yes, we do, chanting back and forth, only it's animal spirits. <clears throat> okay. That that was my that was well, my me, long-winded diatribe there. Let me throw my opinion in here a little bit, and I think you probably will go with me on this. Um I've over the many years that I've been doing this have discovered that arguing with Morningstar is a bad idea. Uh, when they well, say something is 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 likely to do well into the future, they're more often right than wrong. And when they say something that looks really good to me is likely to do less well into the future, they have been more often right than wrong. They had an article this week uh, and an, analyzing the S and P 500 index, and they said the stock market is measured by the S and P 500 index is undervalued at present. Not when they say undervalued, that doesn't mean difference between value and growth that we like to talk about. They just basically say, based on what they know and their analytics, that the stock market is low, relatively speaking. Now, what does that mean in, in real terms to you, listener, as an investor? Stock market crashes historically have not occurred when the market is low. Further descent can happen. It drops can occur. But the thing that I think we, we all kind of wander around in fear of is a 50% drop in the market. Shoot, I've seen it, two of them um, that sustain themselves for an extended period of time, uh, and and I've seen several thirty percent drops and and a couple of drops like the one we are in right now. But a fifty percent drop in drop in the market, I looked all the way through all the history I could find, including back to to the early nineteen hundreds because I've got that in paper format. A fifty percent, a major market crash has not historically occurred when the market is relatively speaking low the stock market according to morningstar is relatively speaking low so that's one of the things you can take off i think take off your major list of worries and be not concerned that the bottom's going to fall out of the market on the contrary this is just my opinion jeff here the rest of the world is in a world of hurt the united states is going strong when I have seen this happen in the past and when, I, when it has happened where I have read history in the past, it is followed by a boom period in the United States. Why? Because the rest of the world needs what we have and they're incapable of making it temporarily. Happened after World War II. It's happened again and again and again. Uh, and we are sitting in a sweet spot that is, we've seen it before. It's happened before in the history of the United States, but we're there. Uh, war in Europe tends to devastate things in Europe to a greater or lesser degree, and then they buy things from us. War in Asia or disaster in Asia means they tend to buy more things from us. By the way, I think that's part of what's going on in the balance of trade reversal we saw last month. We are in a really, really, really good position in my humble opinion. And we're about out of time. This is the Personal Wealth Coach with Jeff and Jake McClure. Uh, this is the personal wealth coach, and we do make uh, other statements than really bad puns about songs. Uh, we are uh, a, a finance program, as you would probably guess from the personal wealth coach being our title. The personal wealth coach is not just the title of the program. It's also the name of an SEC registered investment advisory firm. All right. Well, does that mean that the SEC likes us? What would you say to that, sir? I would say that the SEC is professionally dislikes almost everyone. Right. That is no implication of the SEC's approval just because we're registered with them. Why is the radio program and the 
firm named the same thing because we have to give this disclosure no matter what it is and it's less disclosureable it takes less time to do if it's just the same name so we've been doing this program here uh on this in, on this station 1400 a.m in temple since 1996 we've been doing this a long time and we haven't been paid for it ever uh we also Damn. have not ever paid for it so we've been doing this a long long time and the whole idea is education we do advertise as a firm for on the studio uh on the channel for this radio program we don't actually advertise for our firm we're advertising for the radio program so what we're saying is that this is educational and we do occasionally get business from it but our purpose here is truly education that being said it's not advice advice would be if i knew who you were if the other bald guy jeff knew who you were and we were able to have a private conversation with you about things in your best interest versus broadcasting to everyone. So we're going to be talking about education, which is why we do the program to begin with. So those two disclosures are really one. And having said that, do you deem to tell us another disclosure? Yes. The information we present on this educational radio program has been obtained from sources we deem to be reliable, but we make no warranty or guarantee as to the accuracy or completeness of said information. And he really can't get through the week without that. I think uh, if you would like to talk to us off the air, we actually give individually, uh, individually crafted and customized advice based on what people are trying to achieve. That's generally portfolio management and portfolio management. And that's generally for people with higher net worths, but we make exceptions occasionally. Um, and so you can contact us locally, voicemail available during the weekend, but actual real live people, no phone tree during the week at 254-947-1111. You can reach that line tool free at 1-800-914-7526. That's 800-914-PLAN. And I think it's important to note that we're an independent fiduciary firm. We don't work for a corporation. We only work for our clients. Right. Exactly. Uh, you can go to our webpage, thepersonalwealthcoach.com or tpwc.com. There's a contact form. You can use emails, Jeff or Jake at tpwc.com. There are uh, recordings of the radio program going back years, newsletters going back decades, uh, and you can find us wherever podcasts are given um, thank you very much for listening on a nice Saturday morning. And until next week, this has been The Personal Wealth Coach.